Warrior Woman, welcome back to the Warrior School podcast. This is episode 218. Oh, so, I just wrapped up Warrior School's 2023 Confidently Ever After tour. On Saturday, I just did the last live event of the tour and I want to talk about it. I want to do a recap of the Confidently Ever After tour and I'm actually going to share some secret sneak peek behind the scenes audio clips uh, from the live events, which is really cool. So throughout the podcast episode, uh, you're going to hear from me uh, on the day of the event and you'll hear some of the warriors share their confidently ever after, who they don't want to become uh, and some things that are really unique to them that are going to help them create, build, uh, achieve their confidently ever after. But before we dive into the recap, there is one thing, one idea, concept uh, that I want to talk to you about. You know that I love a good idea or concept. It often will sit on my desk written on a pink post-it note. I'll marinate in it. I'll think about it. uh, And then I like to serve it up to you. So uh, we're at the table and I'm actually going to serve up this idea or concept. I think you will find it helpful when it comes to your training. I actually spoke about it yesterday in a live coaching call inside of Warrior School. And this idea or concept came from a conversation that I had with one of my warriors a few weeks ago, as they often do. You know, sometimes they come from a book. Uh, Often they'll come from a conversation. Uh, Most of the time they come from a conversation, a one-on-one coaching call that I have with my warrior women. So this warrior that I was speaking to, she was sharing with me that she felt like she had fallen off or slipped from her plan or her strategy over the summer. Uh, We're just wrapping up uh, summer here. It is the 30th of August and a lot of the women over the past few months have also shared, uh, shared this with me and I guess it's a frustration that they kind of lost their rhythm or their momentum with their training. They felt that they had fallen off or slipped. And there's something that I spoke about with Tina that she found really helpful. And yesterday when I brought it and served it up on a silver platter to my warriors in that coaching call, they also found it really helpful. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to serve it up to you in the hope that you actually find it really helpful when you maybe feel like that you've fallen off or you've slipped or you've lost your rhythm or you've lost your momentum, which, as I say all the time to my warriors, is a very normal part of the practice. Uh, Okay, so this idea is all around finding your baseline, And sometimes we're going to fall below that baseline. And this is when we have feelings of, you know, we've fallen off, we've slipped, uh, we've failed, we've lost momentum. And then sometimes, well, I hope sometimes you're going to go above that baseline to push yourself. And this is what my warriors are doing uh, when we start Warrior Queen 2.0 next Monday. A lot of them are going to work above their baseline. And I'm going to explain what a baseline is in one hot minute. But this idea of a baseline can really help us basically understand or see like what's okay and what's not okay. Your baseline is like your foundation. It is where you feel 
optimal. It's where you have energy, you have strong biofeedback, your body feels healthy, it's functioning, uh, you're sleeping well, your mood's good, you can show up powerfully in all other areas and roles in your life, Uh, you can train and recover well. There are certain behaviors, actions, choices, things that you need to do that create your baseline, that allow you to do basically to have a healthy functioning body that allow you to train, make progress, work towards creating the body that you love. Now, when you go below baseline, you're going to start to see maybe a lack of progress, low energy, uh, maybe some funky stuff with your biofeedback. And often we fall below baseline for reasons that are both out of our control and in our control. And what I mean by that, sometimes life presents us with uh, lemons (laughs) or external things like, I've talked about stress conditions before. So sometimes we get sick, our children get sick, we have to travel, Uh, you know, a big project's come up at work, where maybe having some trouble in one of our uh, relationships or, you know, relating to another human. So that's creating stress. Now, yes, some of those things are actually in our control and how much they impact us, uh, which I've spoken about previously uh, in the podcast episodes on stress. But sometimes things will come and there'll be external stress conditions and that will force us to maybe fall off or below baseline. But most of the time, we actually have the power, we're making the choices, we're doing the behaviors and the actions that keep us at baseline. And sometimes we choose things or do things or don't do things that make us fall below baseline. Now, none of this is good or bad. It just is what it is. The bigger question is, are you okay with falling off baseline? And I'm going to give you a few examples. Now, we could also use the word standards uh, in replacement of baselines or interchangeably. So, One thing that I also spoke about yesterday was this idea of self-discipline. And I'm actually going to do a full podcast episode on self-discipline, patience and commitment. Uh, I've just I've just finished the notes for it this morning. And I think it's going to be a really cool rad uh, podcast conversation. But uh, the Stoics or in Stoicism, they define self-discipline as your standards that you're living up to. And so we can choose certain standards that we want to live up to that allow us to show up powerfully, to be healthy, to do great work, to show up powerfully in our relationships. And if we take actions or make choices that don't meet those standards, well, then we're falling below those standards. We're not living up to those standards. And often we'll also experience feelings of, you know, falling off, slipping, failing. And so we can think of a baseline uh, as this line. (laughs) Uh, I talk a lot about the foundation, the importance of building a foundation. And when women start in warrior school, this is what we do. Essentially what we're doing is we are finding their baseline where they feel they're best at. Then the work really is about consistently staying in that baseline. Remember, baseline is not just survival or just surviving, just getting by. That's not what a baseline means. Well, it's not what it means to me. (laughs) The baseline that you set for yourself needs to be about your body being as healthy as it can be, functioning optimally, strong biofeedback, great energy, showing up powerfully in your work, in your relationships, being able to train hard, recover well. Uh, That is the baseline. And 
think about it from the 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 perspective of standards. Yeah, we don't want to have low standards for ourselves. <laughs> we want to have high standards for ourselves. And in this uh, the podcast episode that I'm going to speak about on self discipline, I'm also going to speak about how this kind of connects into self-acceptance and self-love, which I ain't going to go into right now, but it is a little bit of a controversial spin or perspective on the whole self-love, self-acceptance movement that I don't agree with. But we think about it. You don't want to set low standards for yourself. You want to set high standards. Now that can seem frightening, overwhelming, and scaring. Scary for a lot of women, especially a lot of women that are uh, mastery players, perfectionists. And don't worry, one is speaking right now. Me, that's me. I'm a mastery player. I'm a perfectionist. I have really high standards for myself, but that is not a problem. That is not a bad thing. That, remember, I'm an and girl, yeah? I'm a, you can celebrate yourself and demand more from yourself. And when we're talking about this idea of finding your baseline and setting your standards, I want you to hold that. Uh, So a lot of you may not even know what your baseline is, but essentially it's where you have great energy, you can show up how you want, uh, show up powerfully in your relationships, in your work, you, uh, you know, you can do the things that you want in your life. Uh, all your biofeedback is really strong. You know, you have, you know, a healthy regular menstrual cycle, good digestion, good bowels, uh, good sex drive. You know, your body is healthy and it's functioning optimally. So what is your baseline? Because each of our baselines will be different. So my baseline is going to be different to your baseline. One, because I'm a different woman. (laughs) I have a different life to you. And also I am potentially in a different part of the journey than you are. So my baseline or my standards might seem really intense (laughs) or really high to someone who is earlier on in their journey. And I'll give you a few examples. Uh, So I'll give you some examples of my baseline. Now, I carry this baseline with me no matter where I go or what I do in my life. So if I am traveling home to Australia and I'm there for a month, I hold myself to the same baseline and the same, same standards as I do here in Vancouver when I'm home at kind of Warrior School HQ in my apartment here. When I travel, I also hold myself to the same baseline or standards. The reason why I do that is because that's where I feel my best. That's where I function optimally. That's where I can do great work, show up powerfully in my relationship, basically just be a great human (laughs) or the best human I can be. So the first thing that you got to get clear on is what's your baseline? So for me, my baseline is that I need at least seven, if not seven and a half, eight hours of sleep a night. That's my standard that I set for myself. Now, sometimes I am not going to reach that standard potentially because, you know, I got woken up by Hank or we are, you know, there was a few months ago where I was only sleeping six or six and a half hours and it was light out until like 10.30 p.m. and then it started to get light at 5 a.m. And so I was like having a hard time trying to get Carson to come to bed, uh, you know, before 10.30 p.m. Because, you know, it was light out and he wanted to decompress after coming home from the clinic. And then Hank would get me up at 5 a.m. So my standard for my sleep is, you know, X amount of hours. And so my actions or my behaviors have to support those standards. And, you know, they were. I was getting myself to bed by 9.30, 10, trying to read. But because of my boys... (laughs) 
Uh, Also, I find it hard to go to sleep when Carson is sitting in the apartment. I know he's out here. I find it way easier if he's not here at all. I can just put myself to sleep. I, I don't know. It's a bit of a weird thing. And then my dog during summer loves to get up at uh, the crack of dawn. But I have a really, you know, strong bedtime routine. I've got a lot of kind of standards or Carson would call them rules. I have a lot of rules (laughs) uh, about the nighttime and how to prepare myself well for bed and for sleep. So sometimes external things are going to happen that make us fall below the baseline within that particular area. But can you see how that's very different than me just staying up late because I want to, uh, because I'm watching a show and I don't want to go to bed. Yeah, kind of like uh, a difficult (laughs) two-year-old. And you've made a choice or your action or your, your behavior is not helping you live up to your standards. So really when we're thinking about baseline, I don't, I want it to, it's really simple. So baseline really means the health and functionality of the body, helping you show up the most powerful that you can. So what things help you do that? Sleep, food, nourishment, training, you know, time outside, time doing things that you love, that bring you joy, connection with others. So think about the baseline uh, in, I guess, those areas, uh, those prongs. You know, we have all of these prongs in our life that make up us, our life, our nervous system. So the baseline for me, when I think of my baseline, like what what is that foundation that I need to do to function the best that I can. For me, it's sleep, food, training or movement, time outside, sunshine, uh, and really great connection. Uh, And that's probably work that I love to do. (laughs) So with all of those areas, I have baselines or standards. So for example, with my training, my baseline is that I move my body every day. Sometimes that's just a walk. Sometimes it's a hike. Sometimes it's an hour and a half or two hour training session. Uh, But my baseline is I move my body every day. I may only train really hard in the gym four times a week. And that seems to be a really good baseline for me. A good standard that I live up to is to get in the gym, lift weights, uh, four times a week. And then you could go through your nutrition uh, and other areas. Then you'll be clear on what your baseline is. Now you'll know then when you're falling below that baseline. And the important thing is to get really clear on, are you falling below the baseline because of the choices, the decisions, the actions that you're making? Or are you falling below potentially because there's some external stuff that's come up uh, that's kind of pushing you off that baseline or um, making it a little harder for you to live up to those standards. That's the the second piece to this. Often it's going to be the first where making choices or decisions or where doing things that are not living up to our standards. And this is why we start to feel things, yeah, like shame and guilt. Uh, And I think those feelings are helpful. Yes, they're the dark side, the shadow side of you, but they are helpful. So I want you to think about that. What is your baseline? What is your like, remember, it's not a bare minimum. What's your baseline that you feel you're best at? Or what are your standards that you are going to hold yourself to, that you're going to live up to? Okay, let's get into uh, Confidently Ever After. So last year, I had a goal that I wanted to run a live event for Warrior School. I love live events. 
it had been a few years since I ran my last live event. I ran it in 2019 uh, and it was all around training the female athlete. So training with your menstrual cycle. I ran one in Newcastle and one in Sydney, which was like a two, two and a half hour uh, workshop. I love... I love speaking, I love presenting, I love being in a room with people. So I was like, you know what? It's amazing. I get to be in a Zoom room with all of the women in warrior school all of the time, but I want to be in a real room with them. And I think what really solidified this goal for me was when I got to be in a room with Kitty, Leela and Libby. We all met online a few years ago. We have a great relationship. We talk a lot we support each other online, but we actually got to be in a room together last November. And it was epic and cool and powerful. And, you know, I talk all the time about the importance of putting powerful women at your table, being in a room with powerful women that inspire you, that push you. So I was like, okay, Warrior School needs to go on tour, it needs to go on the road. Now I have women globally, all over the world. I have women in Australia, in the UK, in Europe, in America, in Canada. And so I knew that I had to do a few live events. So I decided to do three live events in three countries, Australia, America, and Canada. So then I started to think about Uh, And I've spoken about this previously on a podcast, so I won't go into too much detail. The idea or the concept for the event. Uh, I really enjoy this part of my work. I love thinking about um, like ideas or concepts or being creative, bringing an idea to life through whether that's, you know, a live call, a coaching call, a group coaching call. Uh, a one-on-one coaching call, a podcast, a post. Uh, but I knew it had to be really cool and epic for this for this live event. So I started to do my research when I was in Australia. So this idea kind of started to come about last November and I was at home. I had just spent time with Kitty, Leela and Libby. And then I started to think about, okay, well, what's the idea? What do I want from this event? I want women in a room together at the table, in a room. I want connection. Uh, I want women to feel what it's like to train together. And I want it to be about, well, I believe training helps us show up powerfully in all other areas of our life. So training really is the foundation that builds the confidence, uh, the trust, the connection with our body that then will penetrate every other area of your life. So I thought, okay, it has to be about confidence and connection and training. So then I dug you know, into some, some work on confidence and I actually found a lot of the inspiration from Agent Provocateur, which is my favorite lingerie brand, and I've spoken about this before as well, they do really cool work around um, marketing and branding when they create a new lingerie line. So they had this campaign called Provocatively Ever After, and it was this idea of a fairy tale. Now, fairy tales, you know, as an adult seem unreal, unrealistic, uh, you know, far away from our childhood but they're not. You know, you can create your fairy tale life, your, you know, you could call it a vision of what your life, you know, looks like, feels like, is. Uh, and I, I believe you can do that by having a strong body and feeling confident and connected in your body will help you create your fairy tale. So then I started to think about this idea of a fairy tale and confidence and I came up with the title for the event which was confidently ever after how when we 
build confidence through training. We build a strong, resilient, capable body that we trust. We learn that we are the women that can do the things that we want through training. We become more confident and confidence helps us live our ever after. So the the birth of Confidently Ever After was born, but then I had all of these ideas that, you know, visual ideas and I wanted imagery and I wanted a story to be created behind it. So I found, I was referred a graphic designer in Melbourne by a dear friend who's also a a designer. And uh, we sat down together over, you know, a few calls And he created the visual imagery that you see uh, on my social media for Confidently Ever After. And I'm just looking at the poster here, uh, which is going to go up behind me, uh, behind my podcast chair. And so if you have a look at the the graphic or the imagery, there is so many pieces there that really, when you put them all together, create this idea of confidently ever after. So one, it was a tour that was going to go around the world. And this is one of the reasons why I started Warrior School and why I do the podcast is because I want to help women globally. I want to help more of you, as, as many women as I can with my time here. And so we have the globe which yes, represents where the tour was. So it was in Melbourne, Australia, Nashville, Tennessee, and Vancouver, Canada. But the globe to me also represents, you know, women all over the world that I get to, I have the honor and privilege of working with. Then we have the woman there that is strong and confident and she has her foot on top of the world. And you feel like that when you build a strong, resilient, capable body that you trust, when you create the body that you love, you feel like you were on top of the world and or you feel like you can take on the world. So she's got her foot on top of the world. As I said, training is how we show up powerfully in every other area of our life. Then we've got the barbell, you know, lifting heavy weights builds strength, it builds muscle mass, it supports our hormones, it helps us prepare our bodies well for the next stage of our life, for our second life, perimenopause, menopause and beyond. So we truly find strength and confidence at the bar. I believe the bar should be one of your greatest love affairs that you have in this life. She sure is one of my greatest love affairs. Then we have the animal and that represents, well, the panther uh, represents power and strength and grace. They are an elegant animal and really what I teach my women is to have an elegant mind to come into this training health nutrition stuff with some elegance to it and when we get stronger we definitely feel more powerful but we're doing that with grace Uh, and that's really important to me and I'm sure if you watch my women train they move so well moving well with grace and fluidity and ease is a priority. It's been a priority for me and my training and it is a priority when I work with all of my women. So then we have that animal that represents uh, some of those key words, uh, strength, power, grace. Then we have the high heel which brings in this element of femininity that we can have both. We can have strength and power. We can have uh, or strength and beauty, power and passion. You know, we can be strong and feminine or strong and graceful. So I love fashion. I love fashion. 
I love this is why I love Sex in the City and it's why I love uh, and just like that of course it's not the same as old school Sex in the City which I love way more but I watch and just like that just for the fashion for the wardrobes it's just to die for so I wanted to bring in this element of you know what you can be in the gym and be a badass and lift a lot of weight and look really strong and have muscles, but you can bring this element of femininity and sexuality and grace. Uh, and you can love fashion and dressing up. You can have both of these things. So we've got the heel and the heel has wings, which again brings this idea of um, of doing all of this with grace, with ease, Uh So that is a little bit, I guess, of the story behind the visual and hopefully gives you a little bit of an insight into the the story behind the event. So uh, I had a plan for the event, how I wanted it to run, feel, (laughs) but every event was different. There was some stuff that came up at each event (laughs) that required me to actually Uh, change the plan or the strategy but that's okay because in warrior school we are queens at adapting at being flexible dynamic Uh, so in Australia they moved our lunch forward at the restaurant that we went to which shifted up the content piece and then the acts of confidence piece and the training a little bit And then in Nashville, I forgot the workbooks, which I think I've spoken about on a podcast episode. So Carson had to go all the way back into Nashville to get the workbooks. So that meant we trained first instead of doing some confidence content. Uh, And then in Vancouver, we actually did all the content work uh, in the morning, then trained and then went to lunch and wrapped up the day with lunch. So each of the events had... Uh, content on confidence. So we spoke about this idea of confidence and self-confidence, where it comes from, uh, you know, what confidence means to them, where they feel most confident, where they feel least confident. And I'll share a few clips uh, talking about confidence from the event. So confidence, I don't believe it's not an outfit, it's not a mood, it's not a moment or a mode. It's the ability to fully trust yourself uh, and your body. And it's the ability to access your deepest desires and express them fully and use them to influence your life. So that's kind of my definition of confidence. Yes, nice gym clothes help. Yes, uh, you know, a certain outfit helps us feel more confident. We can feel more confident in certain moments or certain situations, which we're going to talk about in a second. But really, this essence of confidence comes from you fully trusting yourself and your body and knowing what you want to help you live your confidently ever after. So then uh, we moved into the next section, which was the women really thinking about their vision, their desires, what they want, what is their confidently ever after. If they could create their fairy tale life, what does it look like? What does it feel like? What body are they in? What can their body do? What kind of relationships do they have? How do they feel? How are they showing up? So we spoke a little bit about how training helps us create our confidently ever after. And then one of the acts of confidence. So the second section of the event was called acts of confidence. And I had three acts of confidence for the women to do. So after we did the content on confidence, their confidently ever after, their vision, their desires, who they don't want to become. Uh, Some of them trained uh, and then some of them did uh, some of the other acts of confidence. So the three acts of confidence were training. So training is an act of confidence to step to step up to uh, a, a barbell, a weight that we've never lifted, to step into a gym that 
potentially we haven't been in for a long time or we've never been in, uh, you know, to apply for warrior school, to show up on the discovery call. Those are all acts of confidence. To take the step forward in your training, to do the training is an act of confidence. The second act of confidence was for them to get up and share their confidently ever after. Uh, And so I'm going to share some clips with you from the women. Uh, This is like secret uh, leaked audio footage from inside of the event of some of the women sharing their confidently ever after. Really what we're trying to create is our confidently ever after, our, our vision for the rest of our life of how we want to feel, what we want to be able to do with our body. And for me, training is a huge piece in that. When we build confidence in the gym doing what we did today, uh, I've said it so many times, you've, you've probably heard me say it a thousand times, that it bleeds into ev- every other area of your life. You, It just changes how you show up in your relationships, at work, in, I guess you can think of it as an umbrella, yeah, our life or our confidently ever after. And we have all of these prongs or different relationships and training is really, I believe, what builds this confident mindset, body, uh, and it changes, yeah, our ever after. Going forward, like the second part of my life, I want a body I love and feel strong and sexy in, abundant energy to do the things I love, more free time with my family, a peaceful homeschool experience that's enriching, uh, passive income with work so that I can have more free time, I just I uh, came to the word sensuality, but with like food, music, dancing, love life, just life. Like I grew up very conservatively. And so like I feel like I've been able to come, like you said, more connected with my body as I've gotten older. And I just want to bring that into like other areas of my life, soaking up life, deeper relationships, living more boldly, putting up more healthy boundaries around work and relationships. Um, and then eating and nourishing myself with ease and joy. Um, Desires, boldness in my writing and videos, self-trust in business, edginess, letting it come out more in my clothing, how I carry myself, the edge of how I live, like really pushing into the edge that I know I want to be at, Um, rebuilding a deep trust and relationship with my body, seeing where I've come and continuing to build capacity and grow her. You got this. Okay, good. So I've always had this goal that I want to be this really badass 90-year-old. Like, that is, like, my goal. I want to, like, be able to take care of myself, wipe my own ass, (laughs) like, do it all until I die. So that's just, like, my, like, complete vision that I have. Um, A strong and capable, an outstanding mind and body. I want to easily find clothes and not struggle. I want um, to lift heavy shit and have mental ease and have juicy, amazing relationships um, I want to be like fun and easygoing and I want my body to age gracefully on my own terms and be confident to help, to help my body as needed. Like when things come up, mm-hmm. um, I desire to have a career that I love and that I can thrive in. And I do feel confident that this will come, um, because I'm really trying to make the steps and changes as needed to get there. Okay, so I think my confidently ever after is more seeing um, my health as being um, physically, mentally, and spiritually healthy. So having the opportunity now in my life to uh, really delve into what that looks like and um, do what I want to do. Um, what is health mean to me and healthy eating and training consistently and then growing in my faith. Um, and then eventually finding a career that's a little bit more flexible, like getting out of healthcare. Um, it's a great profession, but it's, you know, transitioning into something else that allows me to do the things that I love, travel and help people, but in a different way. So I, I just had topics. And so this is, then I just made points around them. So, um, my confidently ever around, my body would be, is all around working our land and, and staying injury free, 
staying strong, um, just wanting to feel capable as I age, to your point, um, having that capacity. Um, food, um, and these are sort of um, my vision around just the simplicity in life. I really want things to be simple. Um, so I have like baking bread, having an herb garden, tending chickens, um, living in sync with the light. So mm -hmm. sun rises, um, moon rises, and then I always love flowers. So that's a piece of my vision. Um, relationships, um, just continuing to have a beautiful homeschool family, traveling. Um, I see mentoring. I, I see my husband and I, and then I don't know how our kids will be involved in this, but mentoring newlyweds and um, bringing people in that maybe are in distressed marriages um, as a home, I mean, um, out of our home. Person. So I'll try to make it be a little more of a story. So I kind of, um, I broke it up into four different categories, kind of that pillar concept. Uh, so my first pillar was about fun. I, um, I love being with people that enjoy my sense of humor and um, I want uh, more laughing kind of time to appreciate all that we do have in our life. Uh, <laughs> um, I like to be able to go out and play with darts with friends, play board games. Mm. Um, I would um, find more confidence in adventures. So going to new places and then physical challenges like hiking in the Rocky Mountains and all the things that uh, my teenage sons want to do to be able to kind of keep up with them. Um, I want to f find some more flexibility and being able to pivot with like a lot of the life changes I've dealt with recently. And, um, <clears throat> and then security is one. I think feeling just really safe. I think that was a lot of my, um, what, where my confidence kind of went down through like COVID. I just didn't feel safe. And so I leaned on bad habits that kind of artificially brought some security feelings. Confidently ever after is going to be obtained through rest, mm -hmm. sleep. It's my priority right now because when I'm, rested then I'm a more peaceful more loving person and then I can focus on being strong nourishing myself uh, being healthy disease-free um, when I'm a rested person I have more joy in my life and I have better relationships so I have a lot of people in my life not only do I have a large family I have 98 employees mm -hmm. that I'm a mother to. Mm -hmm. So also I want adventure later part of my life that um, includes travel. I love nature. It's where I connect. It's where I find peace. Um, it makes me content. I then asked my warriors who they didn't want to become and what makes them unique. I don't want to be someone who lives in a place of like bitterness and feeling stuck all of the time from past experiences. I don't want to be someone who gives up easily. I don't want to be someone who complains and makes excuses. Um, I feel like I'm unique because I am pretty flexible and pretty good at adapting. Um, and that means there's really no excuse because I can adapt to anything then. So yeah. Um, I never want to become mean and anxious, depressed, reactive, and I don't ever want to be the person that says, oh, that's just part of aging. Oh, that's just, that's just because I'm getting older. I don't, don't like that. Um, I feel like I'm unique because I've done a lot of deep work in my life and I know the dark and ugly side and, and in addition that I know my body well and have great desire. I actually love the question of who I don't want to become because it was so clear. I was like, this is amazing. So someone who stops caring, growing, and learning. Someone who stops trying new things, being curious, adventurous. Someone not in shape. And as far as my strengths, I'm a visionary. I can see others, see things others don't. I see differently. 
And even though all the things I just said about my body, I think I actually do have a really deep connection to my body. I just kind of let that go for a bit and curious and adventurous. Yes. So, who do you never want to become? Oh, who do I never, I never want to become someone who um, says, this is it. Um, here we are, this, I'm going to settle for this. And um, that's as good as it's going to get because I don't believe that it's, it's as good as it's going to get. There's always time to grow and um, that's who I don't want to become, a closed right. mindset. Mm -hmm. yeah. What about your strengths? The oh, my strengths. I feel like I'm pretty good at being self-aware um, with myself and recognizing what I need to work on. Um, I think my mom's helped me a lot with that. Um, and kind of looking at like, this is what I got. This is like the glass is half full, not half empty. So what can I do to accomplish what I need to and get where I need to be? So I feel like I'm motivated in that sense. Um, and what I never want to become um, was stagnant, was the big word that jumped out to me in any area of my life. And what makes me unique was probably, um, I'm pretty focused and I wrote restoration is always possible. So I feel like um, in relationships or in people's situations, um, restoration, no matter where we've been, no matter where they've been, it's possible. So the person I never want to become, um, I wrote down being not movable or flexible, just in like literal physical sense and also just kind of that mental um, not and the other thing I wrote is someone they, who life is happening to them and they don't really have the, um, the feeling that they have any control or say, in t say what's going on. And um, what makes me unique or I have real strengths is a wealth of knowledge. I can go really deep into a topic. And, oh, connection is what I wrote. And with that wealth of knowledge, it can kind of like pull different ideas together and bring bring a thought together. So um, the person that I don't want to become is a person that is, uh, and I've been around a lot of people like this, uh, when they get older, they become self-centered and they don't listen anymore. <laughs> and, you, you know, you're trying to have a conversation and um, they don't listen to you. All they care about is themselves. And that's a big turnoff to me. So that's that. Unique, unique. What? What about unique? What's unique? Me? What's unique about me? Um, I think um, I know a lot more uh, in my business. I, lo I know a lot more than I give myself credit. Um, I'm more of a leader than I ever realized. I just wanted to be invisible, just do my stuff at home, you know, with my family, uh, fast from the world. Came out about nine years ago into the business world again, and um, someone shared or showed me that I could be a leader. So now I am. So. Yeah, you are. Yeah. 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 Thanks, Michelle. It's so cool to stand in a room full of very cool badass women and hear them declare what they want for their life. It's brave, it's bold, it's powerful. And so I ask you, what is your confidently ever after? What does it look like? What does it feel like? Who do you want to become? If you think of your future self, what does she look like? What does she do? How does she act? How does she show up? And who do you not want to become? And what makes you unique? What are your superpowers that are going to help you create, achieve, build your confidently ever after? Then, of course, we trained, which is one of my favorite things, being in a room full of women and coaching them and teaching them, training them, training together. Uh, it's a vibe. It's an energy. It's so rad and so cool. All of these women, a lot of them train by themselves. And that's a really hard thing to do, to show up in your gym or to the gym by yourself and do your program. It takes a lot of discipline. 
uh, a lot of patience uh, and it's not an easy thing to do. You know, this it's can be way easier to just go to a class and I get it. The, the energy that you get from a class, it's really cool. The connection, the social. And so these why this is why these events are really important to me. And this is why we do live teaching calls, live group coaching calls. This is why all of the warriors have two calls with me a month because it's hard to do it alone. And we shouldn't have to do it alone. We should have our room filled with other powerful women that are doing, you know, what we're doing or have done what we want to do. And we've got to put them at our table as well. And then we finished with the last act of confidence, which was called Sacred Perceptions. And this uh, activity was actually recommended by one of my best friends. Well, she is my best friend, Kat. Uh, I've known Kat since I moved to Melbourne in 2009. She's a very dear friend and she came across this activity quite a while ago and I was telling her about the event and what I wanted the women to get out of the event and she thought of this sacred perceptions activity and so what I had the women do was they each got an envelope with cards, blank pieces of card and depending on how many women were at the event, they got a card for each, uh, each of the other women at the event And when it comes to, you know, how we perceive ourselves, often it's very different to how others perceive us. We are our harshest critics. We're very hard on ourselves. We judge ourselves. The perception of ourself is often um, skewed. And so I wanted the women to walk away from the event with love letters or cards written by all of the other women that were in the room with them all day. And those women, uh, what they wrote on those cards was their perception of that woman. Some of these women have known each other for years inside of Warrior School. They've been on multiple calls together, uh, but some of these women didn't know each other. And so they got to spend the day together and they got to know each other a little better and we all form our own judgments and our own perceptions of other people and so they got to share their perception and each woman got to walk away with this envelope full of cards with these love letters which is such a a beautiful uh, activity okay that's it that will do uh she was a full one Thank you so much for whacking me in your ears and I will see you very soon. Bye for now. Warrior Woman, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you haven't, please give the podcast some love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, if you want to go crazy, I'd love if you wrote a review for the Warrior School podcast. And also share and tag me with your biggest takeaways for the episode on the gram. Okay, Warrior Woman, have a great week in training. Bye for now.